Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Adnan Shafi, and I'm going to be your host today on Pariah Nation. So on this season, we're going to be taking a totally different approach to the podcast, and we'll start moving away more from leadership and entrepreneurship, and we'll start moving more into the idea of tackling social issues that are affecting the youth today. So we have a very special guest with us today. Please just say your name, uh, any other interesting facts about you and what you're going to be bringing to the show for us today. So my name is Laura. I am a student here at Cardiff University studying law. And mm. today I'm just going to kind of bring my own thoughts on the views, like my own views on male activism rights. Yeah, wonderful. And I think we'll just start it off like straight off the bat and get straight into the debate. I think first of all, it's right to just define terms and everything. And I would hesitate to even call it a debate, but more or less like a discussion. And we're just going to analyze what exactly is going on with male activism. So um, very briefly, just tell us, like, are you a feminist? And uh, would you describe yourself as a feminist? And why? Or like, you know, just tell us more or less what about that. I think for me, I wouldn't, I guess I have feminist rights. I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to that label mm. of a feminist, quote unquote. But mm. yeah, I do believe that, um, I do believe in what the whole feminist movement stands for mm. in terms of pushing for female equality with men, kind of like, I guess, breaking away from the patriarchy. So yeah, I guess maybe you can say that I am a feminist. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll probably have to agree with you there as well. Like, um, unfortunately, we couldn't get anyone, any male rights activists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, although I think we'll get into to why it's so hard to find uh, people who have that opinion later on. But mm -hmm. um, I'll say that, yeah, I do identifies as feminist to a certain extent like obviously i believe that there must be some form of equity and like mm -hmm. a lot of like some stages there has to be pure on equality like that's one of the fundamental tenets of it for me because i don't see uh, apart from biological differences that inform certain things yeah. i don't see in other situations where those biological differences are immaterial why women shouldn't have the same rights as men or mm -hmm. at least the, be in the same position as men um, and the reason why I say to an extent is that some some aspects of feminism, people often don't know this, is like feminism isn't just one big basket of no, ideas. it's not, yeah. Yeah, it's more like a spectrum. So you mm -hmm. have radical feminists, you have black feminists, you have um, Marxist feminists, you yep. have all these different kinds of feminists mm -hmm. that have different ideals. Um, so I would say I, I, I kind of partly identify as a liberal feminist, mm -hmm. but again, I don't, I don't really like the idea of a label because it puts you in a position where you have to accept certain ideas yeah. like the dogma mm -hmm. so yeah um i'm going to start moving on to <laughs> the idea of males at male activism just briefly explain from your research and like you know what you've seen when what does it yeah. look like to you so from my research okay i'd say before researching when i heard the term male activism i kind of just thought okay is it just kind of like a movement against the feminist movement mm. that's what i perceived it to be so I did some research and realized that it was actually more, um, should I say, men who also believe that um, they have their own rights and they've been discriminated against. Mm. And maybe some of the rights that they are um, campaigning for differ in comparison to the feminist movement, but still, I guess, sort of along the same agenda. Mm. Yeah, it's possibly, I think <clears throat> what we're seeing here is a bit of, um, it's a bit of a confusion of ideals, and we'll get into this a bit mm. later, right? Um, and again, like guys, this is my opinion, 
very briefly thank you to those who are listening <clears throat> if you want to you can make an account and start sending through your comments we'd like to talk with you not just talk at you <laughs> so if you have any questions we'd be more than happy to answer them here today um, <clears throat> moving back to the question at hand um, I feel like there's a lot of confusion with this whole male activism thing I mean I was on TikTok the other day as mm -hmm. usual um, everyone's yes. on TikTok nowadays <laughs> but um, there was lots of videos going around mm. talking about how yeah men have rights too and uh, there's, there's that argument of you know feminism is also beginning to target men mm. right so I think male activists have this perception that the new wave of feminism has come and they've sort of been left behind yeah yeah like what's what's your opinion on like that i mean i do think that i, I suppose you'd say more like radical feminists mm -hmm. to an extent they're sort of moving to that direction where it kind of appears like they're mm. like they are um attacking yeah. male rights if you want to say it as that and yes, like I do believe that to a certain extent, um, men have been left out of this whole, mm. you know, equal rights movement. Because when we talk about equal rights, it can be in so many different areas. And, you know, as we were speaking before, and we'll probably go on to speak mm. later, like with the um, wage gap, you could say that, yes, women are paid less than men, mm. all in all. But then if you think about it, there are certain professions like, this is quite random, but even like a nursery teacher, it's quite like a stereotypical female position yeah, to yeah, occupy. Yeah. And I don't know the statistics on how many men are nursery teachers or perhaps primary school teachers, but I could presume that perhaps women are paid more in such professions. Mm -hmm. So to an extent, you can say that men have been left out of this whole movement yeah 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 and no, i i totally understand i think i've we've actually brought the stats i think what is this it says here that in 2017 i believe this is in the uk mm. right it's only 2.3 percent yeah. um of all men that end <laughs> up being uh primary school teachers and like yeah um getting on from that i think I think we have to frame that a bit um, in a different way, I think, um, mm. if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to men being left out of the conversation, this is what I hear a lot of feminists saying, especially online. Mm -hmm. um, let's say a man will come out in defense of feminism, right? Mm -hmm. And here's, here's something that I, I kind of find it's a bit weird, right? It's like they're, they're right, but they're also not exactly 100% right. You'll find that a man comes out in favor of feminism and he posts something online mm -hmm. and then um, another woman will tell him uh, actually you know this is just an idea of toxic masculinity and for those who don't know mm. what toxic masculinity it is and what it is is basically because you're a man you have to do certain things and you have to uphold some certain values like you can't cry mm -hmm. um, you have to be the savior you have to be the the head of the house like all the time and like you know it's it's like a authoritarian dictatorship that you're at the helm of uh, so if you apply that idea to social media some people are like actually yeah, women don't need your help mm. as a man yeah <laughs> like do you think that's I think I could definitely see what you mean and maybe perhaps from the perspective of those women they kind of think okay let us kind of let us argue our case and you mm. just stay there and I think all in all people have a problem when 
someone else who maybe is completely different to them or mm. completely different to what they are should I say championing for yeah is like supporting their movement it's I mean you can say the same thing with perhaps like the black rights movement mm. people have a problem with anyone who I wouldn't say they have a problem but sometimes people could be fast to criticize even non-black people who are supporting the cause as well because mm. they think you know you're a privileged person so you mm. may not understand the struggles yeah um no i i see that i see that perspective um i think when it comes to feminism it becomes a bit trickier because mm-hmm. with race you can see that race is more i'd say it's stratified because you have different percentages of different races it's not like yeah. there's only two races like black and white there's mm-hmm. some people who uh, sort of you know a mixture there's some people who are latino mm-hmm. other people with arab lineage and uh, even within the somali community for example there's a lot of colorism within mm-hmm. that community so the idea of race is very nuanced but when it comes to to feminism and yeah some people can feel free to challenge me on this like there's obviously like black feminism as well yeah uh, some people say it's affected by race and they're interrelated but when it comes to feminism on the face of it you get a kind of divide of like men and women mm. right? mm. and it's more or less it's almost 50 50 actually in terms of population wise <laughs> so it's kind of crazy uh but when you when you think about it this is my argument and yeah you can feel free to refute as well okay. um i feel like yeah obviously men are privileged like in in certain aspects like i can walk on the streets and i don't need to worry about getting catcalled um or and i'm not just talking anecdotally it's like you can tell from the percentage of rapes, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I, I have that privilege of walking, feeling safe, knowing that nothing is going to happen to me. And as a woman, I'm sure you can testify that sometimes you don't really feel that safe. Yeah, I mean, you know? again, like it really depends on, should I say, where you are? Mm. And there are certain, uh, yeah, there are certain exceptions, but as a whole, I'd say that men have that privilege like you said walking down the streets not being catcalled or not being you know like shamed for the certain Mm. things you choose to wear yeah 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 like there's a lot of there's less dress shaming for men and like i mean we're kind of (laughs) getting into a tangent (laughs) let me actually go back to the main point but Mm -hmm. i like i like this where where this discussion is going um but yeah i think a lot of men although they are privileged it's like the other half of the equation so I think it's what should be done is to educate men about those privileges mm-hmm. and work with them, right? And I'm talking as if I'm not a man, right? <laughs> <laughs> to work with us, uh, to find a way forward to actually rewrite the status quo mm. in order for us to embrace that, that equity, that equality that we're talking about. Yeah. Like what's, what do you think? Yeah. I think definitely like there needs to be um, more... Um, men who are educated on their privilege and even mm. trying to just get them to acknowledge the fact that women do not have certain privileges mm. and you know they don't need to subscribe to some of these gender norms that you may see in the media or mm. even some of these you know like pre-existing gender norms even are current in the family and but I think it's much of a bigger should I say it's much of a bigger issue than that mm. because you know, we're talking about a problem that predates mm. for so many centuries. And, you know, sometimes people pick up what they see in the home. And if you're perhaps a young boy, you live in a um, traditional family where 
and well, we're using stereotypes here, but <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, woman yeah, yeah. is the should I say the homemaker? Yeah, yeah. The dad, the provider, the breadwinner, yeah. The breadwinner. And they're used to seeing certain values shared in the home, maybe perhaps even amongst their grandparents. Mm. And it's hard to um, it's hard to correct those views that mm. they're so used to seeing all around them. And, you know, people pick up from what they've um, seen or even what they've heard mm. in their own environment. So, Yeah, and no, I find it interesting. I'd say I would perhaps not use the word correct, right? I, mm. I might not see it as something that fits into my reality. Uh, but I think since we're framing ourselves within a liberal argument, um, it's very hard to, to take an objective standpoint on morality. Mm. Uh, but like, obviously it's like, do whatever you want within your own means. So like, I'm not hating on people. If you want to be a housewife, right? And it's, it's fully consensual between you and your husband, yeah. or let's say, it's like if you want to be someone that stays at home and you're in a relationship, if that's the way that you want things to be, then as far as I'm concerned, like, that's cool. Like, there's no problem. What I do have a problem with mm-hmm. is when people, right, and I'm just talking about random people in general, they come from the opinion that because I believe this, everyone else must do too. Yeah. Like, as we said, it's very hard to have an objective moral standpoint. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, it's the woman's position not to work. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, yeah, that, that mentality of trying to propagate your views onto other people in general is probably not something that really is accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what other, what other privileges have you identified that males might have, in your view? I think um, it's, I'm trying to think, privileges within, um, uh, I guess within school, hmm. I'd see again like it really depends on like where you go to school or what kind of school but what i've noticed is when it comes to just like certain subjects or even when you're choosing subjects for gcse's or when you're choosing subjects for a levels and there are certain subjects where they'll tell you and even the teachers some (laughs) teachers will tell you (laughs) they'd be like oh um if you choose such and such subjects then you're less likely to have um boys in your class and the class will be less disruptive yeah yeah or they'll be they tell you that if you choose maths or like a science then specifically for a levels they'll tell Mm -hmm. you if you choose like a maths or science to take you're most likely to be competing against boys and boys tend to do better in such Mm. and such subjects and Mm. i mean this is just from my experience and from what i've heard from some teachers but um yeah i guess within like education there's still those kind of um should i say those gender norms still being um perpetuated yeah yeah i think um it comes down to the whole idea of the wage gap and so this is a whole different podcast on its own Mm -hmm. um i'm just going to briefly describe what that wage gap is some people believe that women are paid um, <clears throat> less than men, right? Which, if you take the median of the salaries of males and females in society today, you actually do find that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but the median again, it's the it's a it's an interesting way to measure it. 
because you're essentially taking all the female salaries and finding what's in the middle yeah and the, all the male salaries and finding what's in the middle so when you actually investigate it deeply and i'm using the us as a case study mm-hmm. right um but i think it also heavily applies here in the uk right <clears throat> um four out of five of the highest paying professions in the us are <clears throat> over 90 percent occupied by males mm. right and four out of five of the lowest paying jobs that are um yeah that, that are the lowest paying jobs in the united states are on i think it's 90 percent and above women like that's what they're occupying so that's nursery mm-hmm. school teachers you also have i think some nurse nurse jobs as well mm-hmm. like they they aren't paid as highly as much right so obviously people then like oh yeah you see now the wage gap is a hoax you know, and I'm like, yeah, I see women are choosing these jobs, so it's their fault. And I and I kind of look back and I'm like, it's not exactly, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's a sound basis to form a judgment No, on. no. Because even still, you can't really say that, oh, women are choosing these jobs, so that's the reason why they're earning mm-hmm. less. There are so many different factors that come into play. For instance, um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and we were talking about in um, particularly some um, Muslim communities, they mm. still believe in um, women, well, this is in Ghana, but mm. they still believe in women having to stay at home or not pursuing an education. And even when they do allow women to um, go to university, mm. they want to limit them to courses such as nursing, where it only takes two years mm. to graduate. And the idea is, of course, you study for two years, then after you can marry, you can have your family. Yeah. So I think it really, you can't say that it's just because they choose those professions or even perhaps there are other factors, like even a woman who might even have her own children um, before deciding that she wants to go on to pursue her further education. And, you know, there are issues such as childcare and how she's supposed to juggle a full-time job, juggle, yeah, looking after yeah, her yeah, children, yeah. so... Yeah, no, I, th- I definitely agree, and I'm going to just quickly add on to the example that you gave in relation to Ghana and uh, mm-hmm. the Muslim community. Uh, I think me being from Muslim community as well, <clears throat> I think it's a lot of the times people try to mix Islam with culture, mm. uh, but really there's nowhere in Holy Scripture of Islam and uh, the sayings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. uh, that says that, you know, women are not allowed to work actually our prophet peace be upon him married a businesswoman who was older than him by 20 years right wow. and she was the one that proposed to him <laughs> so <laughs> like you see people like the religion comes through right mm-hmm. and then people start making up their their own things and start saying that it's only the man that can propose to the the the, the woman and it's like which isn't true and also that oh yeah women need to stay at home which some scholars have said like have said that outright and i'm I blatantly disagree with them because they can't point towards any solid scripture. evidence or mm-hmm. scripture that can actually say that. So I think it's also like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's something that's heavily then culture, especially in a lot of different African cultures, you yeah. will see it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's interesting to see. And yeah, I, I agree with you completely. In relation to choice, a lot of the choices that we make, we cannot simply say that we're making those choices and then ignore or like our childhood and our upbringing because mm-hmm. they do affect how when and where we make our decisions so i don't blame a girl who's been brought up in a society where they tell her you can never be a doctor mm. to end up saying actually you know what they said i couldn't be a doctor 
and like she's not even saying this like consciously subconsciously in her mind she's like actually I want to become a nursery teacher it's not a bad thing to be a nursery teacher by no, the way. <laughs> right but we're saying you know anyone who has a dream if they want to they should chase it regardless of your gender anything else mm-hmm. you know um anything else you wanted to add i think um yeah as well with regards to choice sometimes this is quite random but sometimes as well women may be choosing to go into certain professions because yeah. they're not aware of maybe any other professions that they can mm. go into i mean we're seeing more women go into um you know the science sector mm. but perhaps even the certain jobs that before they wouldn't have even thought about or they wouldn't have even considered because simply because they're unaware of those jobs yeah. i don't know but yeah no i, I totally agree uh, i think even it's like the unaware that those that they can do it yeah. right so no one's going to take up science if their dad or mom tells them Oh, science is not for girls, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I personally don't think that God willing, when I have kids, I don't want to um tell them anything of that sort, mm-hmm. regardless of if they're a boy or a girl. And like, I guess from there, it's like um, I think the the main premise of um the male activism movement kind of begins to short out because you're saying that um, essentially males are being oppressed, but you're forgetting that you know feminism is also kind of built on the same ideal of mm-hmm. you know women are oppressed um through like subconsciously and also like apparently in society yeah and i i want us to briefly move into to one of the main things that the male activists are are hitting out at and uh that's the idea of rape so <laughs> <laughs> uh there's this idea of you know men can get raped too is it possible yes but what do the statistics tell us right yeah. um i don't know if you've done any research on that but like yeah no but we've covered it in criminal law and it's interesting um mm-hmm. they say that mostly when um well this is what we've covered so far that when men are subjected to rape in relationships mm. is kind of they it's like there's this perception that it's because the woman herself is more... I want to be careful with the words I'm using, but the mm. woman is more, quote-unquote, like, the controller of mm. the um, relationship. So mm. the woman is the one who's more dominant. Mm. And so, in that sense, it's kind of perceived as if it's a woman who's acting like the man and the man mm. who's acting weak like a woman i guess but. yeah so i think yeah even the criminal law itself um we've talked about this even when when you're presenting a case to a jury mm-hmm. um most people often start off with the question of what was she wearing yeah um which i find inherently problematic because <laughs> <laughs> i mean like sure right if you're wearing more revealing clothing you will attract more attention that's an undeniable fact mm-hmm. right however that does not give you license or entitlement to impose yourself upon a dignified human being mm-hmm. right so i think <laughs> it's kind of i mean obviously like you know i think it just doesn't really make sense for anyone to come and say yeah it was her fault <laughs> Like, have you ever heard of, like, rape, I mean, uh, yeah, rape shame? Yeah, like yeah, like, they, I guess you could call them rape myths. Just these mm. kind of, these views that 
sometimes the members of the jury have the judge, mm. the police as well, yeah. hold those views. Yeah, I think it's, it's dangerous because um, the moment you start absolving that the, the person who's being prosecuted of, of any fault, you're, you're implying that males have no ability to control their sexual urges, mm. which is it's, it's inherently wrong. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't really see where that myth comes from, nor whether it holds any water or not. It really doesn't make sense to me. And then on top of that, when we actually look at the stats in the US, mm-hmm. I apologize, this is a 10-year-old statistic, but I think for me it still holds true, mm-hmm. uh, just based on the idea of like, obviously you know, news reports and like, this is not just like right-wing news, left-wing news, mm-hmm. it's across the board. Um, but from the CDC, when they investigated rapes, all of the reported cases, right, nine out of ten of them were committed by males. Mm. So, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, I get, I get it when people say males can be raped, and I'm not trying to get any sort of, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to, to anyone who has been the subject of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, I think justice needs to be um, you know, carried out in a in a very fair way, but I think it's it's wrong to try and equate the two struggles. Yeah. What do you think? I yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. You can't. I mean, of course, everyone has their own individual experiences, but I do think the mm-hmm. statistics speak for themselves. And yeah, you can't really equate the two together. Mm. And I'd say. From what I've read and from, I guess you'd say, the general culture, it seems that it's more of an issue with maybe men being subjected to um, assault or perhaps, Mm. like, I read an article where it said men who work in bars are subjected to, you know, women perhaps, Mm -hmm. like, making remarks about them when they're working at the bar or flirting mm. like flirtatious behavior that kind of yeah, thing yeah or even um you know the store hollister and mm. i di- i don't know i don't think they have this anymore but i remember a couple of years ago when you go outside like a hollister store they'll have you know the hollister male models standing mm. out there shirtless and shorts <laughs> and well <laughs> and yeah. at that time i remember they didn't have like the female models outside, but just the male models outside. Mm. Yeah. So I guess you could say in that sense, you know, the men could be subjected to women making inappropriate remarks. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that you can kind of make a comparison between the male and female um, rape experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can really equate them because, I mean, you can see it on the road. Like, I... I tell you, like, and this is just, you know, anecdotal evidence really isn't reliable, um, but I've lived in three different countries mm. in the last three years, right? Mm-hmm. Three or four years. And never in my life, right? I mean, I've, I've heard stories of people, like boys getting their, their butts <laughs> slapped by, <laughs> by women, right? And like, the obvious, and that's a different story in general, like, yeah. But in general, people should respect bodily space. But like it's not the same thing as, uh, for example, the the amount of times that I've heard females getting catcalled. I've never heard a guy in my life <laughs> getting catcalled, <laughs> like ever. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think there's um, there's much of that happening, and I don't think it's unreasonable to say that the cases 
unnegligible in general, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that the problem should be left alone. Mm. So like, I think they should be tackled um, definitely, but um, I think it all falls down against the one thing, idea of what, what feminism is all about and trying to tackle. It's the idea of patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah, so mm. patriarchy is just basically the idea of like male supremacy and saying that males need to have certain um, you know, attributes for them to be males. And essentially, you're tackling the same thing because, um, you know, just this idea of, like, you know, men that they, they are actually committing most of the rapes, it gives you the idea that, you know, as a male, you need to be aggressive, you know, you're entitled to a woman's body. And sometimes you're raised in such aggressive, you know, um, or we're raising boys in such aggressive or sexualizing atmospheres, especially when we're exposing them to pornography and things mm. like that. Yeah. And speaking of which, actually, to go into the taboo uh, sort of field of play, <laughs> uh, but what are your opinions on pornography? Yeah. Well, each one's themselves. But personally, I just... I'm, I'm personally against it. Mm. I just don't really see the point in watching it. I don't really... I personally don't understand how anyone can gain pleasure in watching that like watching pornography but Mm. you know I guess everyone has their reasons why they choose to and I do think especially with among young teenagers Mm. it's partly due to peer pressure and perhaps you know they know that their friend watches it or they just want to because they want to perceive themselves they want to appear as cool Mm. or you know, part of the gang who watches it, but... Yeah, and I think there's there's two arguments um, that kind of stem from this. This is my opinion, right? <clears throat> so, obviously, I don't really support, yeah, pornography. Mm-hmm. And um, you probably did, won't know this story, but, like, on BBC, I think it was, like, about a month ago, they, they were interviewing this ex-porn star, and she used to be one of the biggest of, like, you know, most famous porn stars. And some of some of her, some of her videos are still up, and she's trying to get them down because she was kind of tricked into the industry. Mm. And of course, it was her choice, but like it was predominantly males that were behind the scenes yeah. and kind of exploiting. And she talks about how it actually functions. And I think yeah, you know, in a way, people like some some feminists are in favor of pornography because they say it's women liberating themselves and you know mm. using their body the way they want to and i see that in some senses but i feel like it's propagating it's basically it's propagating this idea that you know we can derive pleasure and objectify and continue to sexualize women mm. yeah i don't really think that's a healthy I, idea i don't think so either because <laughs> now you you automatically even in it ruins relationships in some senses marriages because you you have unrealistic sexual expectations that's and then true. on the at the hand of the argument, you have male activists saying that this is privilege that's been given to women. The fact that they can, and this doesn't just apply to pornography, right? But okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the point and then you can respond, perhaps, because okay. you seem like you want to say something. But some male activists say that, um, I mean, porn is obviously the extreme. Yeah. But women have the privilege of being able to sexualize themselves right sexualize themselves and make a profit off of it especially through for example like instagram models some some models take photos specifically of you know revealing body parts 
and they gain more followers, right? <laughs> that's the that's the theory. Okay. <laughs> what is what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? <laughs> My initial thoughts is just I mean, mm-hmm. no shame. No um I don't want to put down any Instagram models who choose to make that mm. their profession, but I don't think you could say that it's part of the female privilege because <laughs> it's yeah. not like it's not something that all women choose to do it's just like a small percentage of women who do that and even that Mm. when you look at it it's only in certain societies anyway where you can do that if you're in and going back to discussion about some african communities if you're from i'd say for me like typically Mm. um west african um background you can't you can't do that without being shamed for mm. choosing that as your life career so I yeah, yeah yeah I disagree with that view yeah and I also I think obviously I see I, I see some there is obviously some merit to the idea that sex sells mm-hmm. and it's it's unfortunate because capitalism um, sometimes thrives off of that I'm not disagreeing with capitalism as a system Right, um, <clears throat> but when it comes down to um, to the idea of um, sexualization and making a profit off of it, obviously some people will will argue, and it's a fact, right? Women are more prone to that, but why? If you look at these Instagram models, majority, if not more than majority, like it's a large, overwhelming, vast majority <laughs> of the followers are what males. males. Yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> It's only a privilege, bec- in quotes, privilege, because males are giving that to them, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, it's a circular argument. It just keeps going around in circles. It's like, I don't see it as a privilege. I see it more as a problem of um, males feeling that, you know, actually, you know what, I'm going to, like, sort of, like, I'm just going to keep looking at this for my own gratification. Not like, okay, yeah, this is like, oh, this is the way the person's modeling or whatever. Right, this is like I'm going to use this person as a form of gratification, mm-hmm. and if you see half of the half of the the models, not even models, like simply attractive girls that have, you know, photos on Instagram, <laughs> their DMs are flooded with males. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Asking all these kinds of dumb questions. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't really see the. the <laughs> I like you said majority of their following comes from um males Mm. and it's like you can't really say that oh um they have that privilege of making Mm. that as their like making a living out of that because you too you know those who are watching it those who are always um let's say in the um instance of these instagram models those who always you know, like their posts, mm. they too, they're helping them to get that following. They're helping yeah. them to make that money. So yeah. if you wanted to say that, you should have thought about it before choosing to, I don't know, like before choosing to actually support these Instagram models. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I definitely agree. And I think um, we'll see it becomes a recurring theme that most of these sources of female privilege and quotes all come from the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Right, and we'll we'll get deeper into it. I think we have a couple of things left before we close off. Um, but if we if we look closer, for example, let's look at the idea of slut shaming. Mm-hmm. Right, I I don't see how. And like there's some people who say, oh yeah, you know, um, males aren't privileged, and 
I'm like explain how and they're like oh yeah no it's just you know the statistics they always mention statistics but there's no statistics for example I mean there probably us like small studies that talk about this um, but if a man has sex with multiple women right and I'm going to give anecdotal evidence here right mm-hmm. or if they're continually you know doing sexual acts with different women then it's seen as a sign of strength mm. right but when a woman does that she automatically becomes a hoe yeah right and like i think one feminist on a street debate argument right she she brought up an interesting point give me one positive word to describe a woman that likes having sex with a lot of men <laughs> it's hard you can't right yeah. what's the first word that comes into your mind just out of social conditioning hope yeah right and it's yeah. not it's not like you know you actually think the person is right it's like it's just a clear double standard mm-hmm. that I, that i'm starting to see what's what's your opinion on like? no i yeah after you mentioned that quote i too i'm just thinking wow um the first thing that comes to mind is just i think oh that woman is indecent or they i don't know you have this there's this image mm. in mind that she's like that woman who chooses to um have sexual um relations with many men mm. is someone who doesn't respect themselves mm. or you have this view of like i have this view sometimes and i have to always correct myself and think oh wait but there might be different reasons as to why she's choosing that sort of yeah. lifestyle. But it's just the first thing I think in my mind is, you know, that person doesn't have any self-respect. Yeah, and I think it's even worse because, like, sometimes that does extend into rape. Like, someone will get raped, and then I've actually heard personal accounts of someone getting raped and their friends just saying, oh, yeah, no, it's your fault, you're a hoe. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? Like... It, it makes it makes absolutely no sense mm-hmm. when when someone comes and tells me that a male doesn't have that sort of privilege. Uh, undeniably, we can talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in I wouldn't want to call it. I'm hesitant to even call it privilege. If a male gets raped, he's probably most likely not going to be believed. But again, it falls it falls back into the same argument of they won't be able to report it. People won't believe them. Why? Because a man is supposed to be strong. They can't be raped. Mm. Right? So th- following that narrative means that you're following a patriarchal narrative. Yeah. yeah. So, is. I mean, as we move into the last two sections of the podcast, we're going to look at, like, the male activists and the arguments that they've brought up in relation to the law. And by all means, I, I want to say, like, um, <clears throat> this I might sound like sometimes I am being biased, <clears throat> But I'm just trying to analyze evidence, and I'm sure Laura's trying to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're just trying to analyze the merits of each piece of evidence, <clears throat> and we're scrutinizing them in such a way whereby if we're not really convinced, we're not going to hide that we're not convinced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, let's talk about, I don't know if you know about um, something called the chivalry thesis. No, I've heard of it. So for those who have done sociology, the chivalry thesis is the idea that when a male is undergoing trial, and this is actually quite true, the statistics are there, you can even look at the male incarceration rate. If they're being tried, they will get harsher sentences than women. Um, <clears throat> they, they will get harsher sentences than women for the same crime. Hmm. It's committed in the same way, right? The jury finds them guilty, both of them, but women get significantly less sentence, like in terms of a sentence, than men. So we, we have women that have killed in the U.S., and <clears throat> men that have killed, 
but males get the death penalty. And the cases are very similar. Mm-hmm. Someone did a, uh, I think it was a longitudinal study of all of that, and they just found out that, yeah, there is a discrepancy. So I guess in some ways, what would you call that? Is that privilege in quotes? What would you call it? <clears throat> well, coming to think of it, I do agree with um, thesis because if you look, I but I do think there are some reasons behind that. Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't say. I don't want to say privilege, mm. but I do believe that sometimes the judge may look at the woman's circumstances and think, mm. if I give, um, for instance, with murder, if I give a high, um, if I give a death sentence to. Um, this woman who's committed the crime she has children they'll probably be thinking mm. that means that for all that time that woman's going to be separated from her children and they start thinking about um, the, the opinion um, they'll start to think about how the woman is the prime care carer for her mm. children <coughs> and you know yeah. what's going to happen to those children if they're separated from their mother whereas I feel like if it's the other way around and mm. giving a sentence to the man, they'd be thinking, oh, but, you know, the children, they have a mother to look after them. They wouldn't, mm. in some circumstances, they wouldn't be thinking about how it would affect um, the children, even if their father is sentenced to life in mm. prison. Yeah, no, I think you've just, you've, you've put the case in point. <clears throat> I think the... I would call it a privilege, yeah, mm-hmm. but people need to understand where it's coming from. Mm. Where it's, it's coming from the same thing that feminists are trying to attack, which is the patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we get this idea that um, men, obviously, they're seen as these powerful figures in, by like a lot of judges, and judges tend to be <clears throat> older, and uh, this is just a general, like I'm not trying to stereotype, Right, especially in the UK, um, majority of judges are old white males. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're gonna come from, I'd say, very conservative backgrounds, or at least you've lived in a time where those values were widely accepted. Right, that yeah. the male was, you know, the house, the head whole, the head, <laughs> the house, <laughs> the head of the house. Wow, wow, my English is all over the place. Right, um, but yeah, from that sort of idea, <clears throat> and then you end up giving people different sentences based on that. And like I think. It's not, it's not unreasonable for a man to say that that's unfair. And I agree completely. Like, mm-hmm. It is something that's unfair. But again, it comes back to the reason why. And it, it comes down to the denomination. Like, Are you saying that feminism supports this? No, it doesn't. I'm pretty sure feminism doesn't support the fact that there are less females that are incarcerated than males. Mm. Or, right, or they're getting less sentences than men. I think what they're trying to say is that there has to be equality, even though... And I think this, this is a view that a lot of feminists bear. It's like, even though it might seem disadvantageous to the woman. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, that's one of the other points that we're going to have to debunk today. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I think that point, I do, coming from that sense, I do think that perhaps women do have that advantage mm. of... Um, even the same crimes that they've committed as men being sentenced or being given a more lenient sentencing. Yeah, I definitely, um, I think, although, yeah, sorry, actually, let me apologize to the audience first because we don't actually, I don't have physical stats right now or sources, 
Um, next episode, we, we probably will have those. Um, but yeah, we've looked at statistics and you guys can probably do your own research. But these are pretty widely accepted facts mm. um, that, um, you know, females will get lesser sentences or like they'll get lower sentences uh, than males, especially when it comes to things like murder. Mm-hmm. And um, there are definitely things within the criminal legal system that are in favor of women. But again, it all points towards the idea of patriarchy. And uh, I think that's what a lot of these male activists are failing to understand. And like as, as youth, I think it becomes our responsibility to research um, what these ideologies are before calling ourselves these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are like, yeah, I'm a feminist. And you know, it's like, oh, but do you know about the idea of patriarchy? What's patriarchy? And then they'll be like, oh, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know. It's like, you have to really like, you have to know what you're standing for. Exactly. Even when it comes to liberalism, people need to know that, you know, liberalism doesn't just work when it comes to your views. It means being tolerant of everyone else's views and as long as they don't conflict with yours. Mm-hmm. And there should be no tyranny of the majority. Like, study this stuff before, you know, making your own uh, assertions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're going to actually move into the last section before we end up closing up our show. And so far, I'm having fun. What yeah. about you? <laughs> yeah, it's been good so far. <laughs> and to our other listener, apart from Ashraf, <laughs> uh, to our other listener, if you have any questions, um, we have another 15 minutes. So feel free to, you know, just... You know, ask any questions if you'd like. Um, let's talk about divorce settlements. Or yeah, this is another section of civil law now mm-hmm. that male activists argue is biased towards um, women. So yeah. let's look at it. Um, from what I've researched and from what I'm, I've seen so far, I do think that there is... Um, bias towards men Mm. when it comes to divorce settlements Mm. in terms of custody arrangements for children I do think that even um, so I read a quote by um, this professor from the University of Cape Town and Mm. he said even when the man is the prime um, caregiver um, carer for the children even if he's the one who's always Mm -hmm. been there in their lives when it comes to divorce settlements and who's going to have full custody of the children still the judge is more likely to give it to grant it to the woman just primary prime primarily because mm. the woman is perceived to be you know the mother and they think well i like there's this view that because it's a mother they've given birth to the child that mm. naturally they should be allowed to just have full custody of the children despite even the fact that maybe the mother could have been absent in that in the children's lives but i think it's just it's definitely a thing that you see very commonly amongst divorce mm. settlements yeah yeah i think it's one of the things whereby um obviously and i think it just comes down to ignorance of knowledge in yeah. this case it's like people especially male activists that i've seen on tiktok facebook and twitter um they'll be like you know yeah males in i think uh different states in the u.s they show the statistics and they're like you see this is how females are privileged and like i agree in that sense there is female privilege Mm -hmm. right although where is it coming from (laughs) (laughs) it's like people have to know that in this sense there is an overwhelming influence on our legal systems whether it's criminal law whether it's civil law Mm -hmm. whether it's this idea of the wage gap 
Well, that's the idea of rape. There's this whole idea that trickles down. If you keep asking why is this happening, you will come back to the answer of patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? And um, again, I'm not trying to be biased or anything. Like, if male activism was the truth, I'd probably, you know, abide with that. But like, I think a lot of male activists are just feminists, but they're they're choosing not to to actually join yeah. the ideology. <laughs> and yeah. like, yeah, obviously, I, I will in the last in the last segment, we'll we'll start to tackle why mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are hesitant to call themselves feminists. Um, but let's deal with divorce first, right? So, yeah, obviously, like, you know, when you go behind, be, before a judge, especially, as we've said, because in the UK and in places like Kenya, for example, I think we only have a few female court of appeal judges, right? Mm-hmm. And even those female court of appeal judges and uh, uh, Supreme Court judges, um, they're, they're, they're like, kind of old. That's what, they're old. <laughs> they <are. laughs> they're old, right? Yeah. And, like, um, again, you, you see a lot of these... Um, all the judges swinging towards a more, in quotes, conservative mm-hmm. um, sort of, you know, household norms of females staying at home and taking care of the kid. So I've seen them favoring such views. Mm-hmm. Hence, when it comes to making a decision, without you knowing it, regardless of how impartial you are as a judge, right, um, you will make a decision based or influenced at least by your subconscious. Yeah. So you'll be like, actually maybe we should just give the the woman the children mm-hmm. like you you'll eventually you know reach that decision like what's what's your opinion like anything on that yeah definitely um what you said with um the judges stere- well i'd say in the uk majority of the judges are at least 50 plus yeah and if you look at all the supreme court justices they are yeah they are middle-aged even you could say elderly and i do think that they do that they are influenced by these um personal views Mm. whether they like it or not um it is is part of human nature i guess like you could you're influenced by we've discussed this you're influenced by um your background what you've what your views Mm. do you're influenced by some of these views that maybe you try to act in an impartial way, especially as a judge, but you can't mm. help but um, but be influenced by that to some extent. And yeah, I do think that in terms of divorce settlements, they just straight away, they'd be thinking, okay, the, the woman. woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, definitely I would, I'd say... Uh, we just need to to scale back and uh, especially for male activists I think it's just a matter of you do, doing your research we're not saying males do not get um, uh, for example we're not saying males that males don't get raped we're not saying that mm-hmm. uh, although there's that there's that 10% element we're saying we need to focus mainly on women mm-hmm. we should never forget about men though I think that's where there might be some merit yeah. in, in the male activism argument I think it's a helpful argument to have because it shows that people have infuriated enough to feel like they're forgotten, mm. right? Especially those people who are actually victims. Um, I think those people have the right to speak up. Um, but when it comes to someone else saying that, oh yeah, we need to equate the struggles, I think it begins to be difficult because at the end of the day, you have limited resources mm-hmm. and um, you have a huge problem that's you know international, mm. right? Uh, so you need to definitely um, start tackling it from the main core of it, which again is the patriarchy in my yeah. opinion. So, I mean, you, you, you have all of that, and um, 
sorry, one second, <laughs> just dealing with some technical stuff. Uh, but you have all of that, and like, let's actually get into the main reasons. Like now that we've moved away from divorce, like, mm-hmm. um, what reasons do you think? Like for male activists, we've already established that they they share something common with feminists, which is yeah. that they they all hate patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm pretty sure we all hate extended and you know uh, imposing forms of patriarchy mm-hmm. right um but what what makes people want to recoil or not necessarily call themselves feminists what do you think i think it's part for me i think also the way the term mm-hmm. feminism puts people off i think sometimes people don't like to um subscribe to these labels yeah and when you think of feminism, unfortunately, the media has presented this image of, you know, women in the streets um, campaigning and mm. like, in like a, I wouldn't even say. Some naked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what people associate the whole movement with, which it's not even like that at all. And there's so many different strands mm. of feminism. So I think that's probably why. Um, people are so reluctant to establish themselves with the feminist movement and perhaps in the sense of male activists they think that maybe a way of moving away from the Mm. whole feminist movement and creating still this whole movement for themselves is to like you know under the whole label of um, male activist rights I think that's their way of uh, moving away trying to differentiate themselves from the feminist mm. movement, but then um, still sharing some um, values in common with them. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. I, I definitely agree. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to add a few more things as well from the male side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I think, yeah, first of all, as you said, like that element of not knowing that you're really hating the same thing. Yeah. Um, another thing is just, like there's actually quite a few points. Um, males feel targeted, right? Mm. Like, um, I'll give you an example. In my old school, um, we had several discussions, especially dealing with feminism, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, obviously, we, we understand, like, I think there's a lot of emotions around in the topic and everything. Um, but I think I, you must have heard of the headline, Men Are Trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's probably one of the most, if not, I think the most divisive uh, sentences that I've heard in terms of like, not like personal opinion. Like if you just look at whoever was saying that, okay, it's true and false, you had more or less an even split. Mm. And it happened to be across gender lines. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, obviously like once you get to understand the movement, you mm. understand what it's seeking out. But um, here's what I always say, right? Um, the the movement of men are trash did an excellent job of getting men's attention mm. because it it hit out at you know male ego right yeah. which f- unfortunately do as a product of patriarchy it's it's something that's very very um, sacred for men it's like mm-hmm. a male ego so they, it attacked the male ego right but I think in terms of a long run the only people who are able to see past that and actually look into the movement. Um, well, the people who are able to surpass their ego, and that was a minority. So in terms of m- getting more feminists on your side, I think 
or what did I say? Your side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on on the feminist side, right? Yeah. Um, I think the movement didn't do too much of a great job in terms of making a lot of men actually see the value of that whole movement. Mm. All this was men are trash, men are being attacked. Mm. And the second one, like m- sometimes men feel forgotten, right? So again, suicide rates, we, we forgot to talk about suicide rates, but that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main idea is that there are more males that are committing suicides, disproportionate amount. Mm-hmm. But I think we talked about it in the beginning of the episode actually, so a bit of a discussion there. Um, the idea that um, males, you know, they won't go to counseling because of, you know, you're told be a soldier, be a prince, you mm. know, when you're young. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely, I think sometimes males do feel forgotten. And then it falls down to your golden point of lack of research. Yeah. What, yeah. what else do you think? Um, well, I think we've covered, like, most of the main reasons. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I guess as well you could say that um, sometimes men are making a generalization here. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. um, I think maybe when it comes to their rights, again, this goes back to the whole argument of everything falling down to the patriarchy, but maybe for them, they realize that, oh, I have these rights Mm. and it's like they don't see the need to perhaps campaign against something that Mm. i mean we are like there there are so many different ways that men are discriminated against but maybe they think that there's no need for them to campaign against it because most of the time they do have more privileges than Mm. women yeah um i think i Perhaps I'll add on to that. Um, I think what's dangerous, I think, about our generation, it's not really a problem of feminism, although it aggravates and creates this sort of tension between um, men and women in relation to feminism. I feel like, uh, in general, whether you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. you have every right to comment on a situation or try and give your opinion. I feel like to, say, to tell a man, like, you have privilege, so you have no place in this conversation, becomes a circular argument because you're saying you men do this right mm. and then you're saying you men stop and like you've never given that the man or the men in general the chance to speak so they felt they feel neglected and they sub these movements like you know males activism because they don't feel represented within the feminism group and there's a whole discourse within feminism about what is the place of men in feminism mm-hmm. right so i think like just in general like guys if you have whether you're a liberal or you're conservative whether you're a feminist or not a feminist, create a safe space for someone to share their opinion. Because I, and we'll cover this in another episode this season, hopefully, mm-hmm. about the limits of, um, of freedom of speech. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like a society we've said and we've targeted certain opinions and we've said, you're wrong, right? So people who have those opinions feel marginalized. They feel like, you know, they, they feel as if they need to go into secrets and everything. We need to create better... Uh, better safe spaces for people yeah. to have conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like I feel like a lot of men have the idea and this actually traces back to my old school or like just high school in general. It's mm-hmm. like I've seen this actually even on Twitter as well. Like people like um, one, another one of those angry feminists. It's like <laughs> so we, we have few feminists right who might not even be like you'll see a discussion on YouTube between a feminist and let's say a conservative person. Yeah. And then the feminist might be shouting. 
then people infer from that and they generalize it to the whole group mm-hmm. and sometimes also like this just our generational thing someone will talk no one's listening interruption shouting you're wrong oh wow you know you cisgendered male that's all you are you're privileged and like that's all someone hears and then they're like okay fine i don't want to get into this conversation anymore yeah, yeah. people pick the two sides and they go on with their life that's the end of it mm-hmm. so i think that's not really constructive so we need to like create constructive spaces yeah. like what do you think yeah i think so too and um funny how you mentioned um i think you mentioned youtube yeah and sometimes when you watch like youtube videos you even see um in the comment section like people having like creating like a little debate in the comment mm. section <laughs> so sometimes youtube does decide to um block certain comments yeah it gives you the option of reporting certain comments <laughs> which yeah, i find i i do find that funny and sometimes you'll see the comments which um like sometimes i'll be reading a comment and then maybe i've gone back to watch the video again and you'll notice that that comment has been removed yeah yeah but yeah. it's sometimes it, it's not necessarily because it's um it's not i don't think that helps just removing the comments even mm. if they're not incredibly offensive mm. but um like you said there should be more spaces for open discussion yeah and no, i think there should be because um again this is another thing we'll talk about later on uh, in probably another episode um i feel like as youth we don't really scrutinize a lot of the cases that are going on whether it's a um and yeah i might get heat for this but like some cases of the me too movement mm-hmm. like i'm i understand that the several cases where and not like majority of the cases are real cases right mm-hmm. <clears throat> and <clears throat> obviously you get people that rally behind people but there are a minority of cases and that's why we say before you support anyone you need to really scrutinize the evidence mm-hmm. right uh you heard about the Johnny Depp case right yes i think for me that was one of the it gave feminism a huge a hugely bad name because the person was a feminist yeah right and um she used the me too movement something which i feel like was a useful movement it showed that you know these things are happening in the world and she essentially used it as ammunition for a personal vendetta mm-hmm. so i think this applies for anything on social media whether it's, whether it's news about coronavirus mm-hmm whether it's news about feminism whether it's like anything on social media scrutinize before you begin to support it mm-hmm. so like again this is just the whole purpose of the season as well is like how is youth do we frame discourse how do we frame arguments how do we frame conversations whether it's online and um how do we debate maturely and how do we actually hold a place in society in such a way whereby we can have these conversations maturely mm-hmm. Right. Anything yeah. else you want to say before we close off? Um I think yeah, um just what you just said. Um we have to be we have to act as I I guess we have to act mature when as yeah. you. Like you said, um scrutinizing the evidence, maybe doing a bit of research. And I think sometimes as well um it's very easy to read an article online and you just kind of take it at um face like full value but without looking at okay where is this source coming from is this reliable or not and yeah before we form any views any opinions i think we should just look at the evidence and then just i guess yeah just 
form of view based on what we've seen and if we do believe that or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that's basically going to wrap it up for episode. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I wish we could have gotten more deeper into that point, yeah. but we've kind of run out of time now. But um, <clears throat> yeah, guys, long story short, um, scrutinize evidence, <clears throat> never allow yourself fully to a group unless you're comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, just keep debating, but debate respectfully, debate with facts, and debate with respect. I love you guys so much. Thank you again, Laura, Thank for coming you on to for the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, guys, I'll get to see you next week. <laughs>